0: I'm delighted to welcome today Lizzie, who is a primal health coach. Welcome to the podcast, Lizzie. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So whereabouts are you uh, in, in the world? I'm in
1: Kent, Birchington, which is not too far from Margate, so South East England.
0: OK, lovely. Brilliant. And um, I'm assuming, like most people do these days, you work online as well as in person, do you? Yes, I do. It's fantastic, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, I think it's. So there's, there's been lots of neg- negatives, but I think there's lots of positives as well through through what we've been through. I'm a great believer yeah. in that. The, the silver lining. Sometimes people Absolutely. can't see it. But, you know, yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, um, Lizzie, what is a primal health coach? Let's start with that.
1: Okay, so primal is ancestral living in the modern world. So um, it's really about um, trying to eat, move and live as we should be eating, moving and living. Obviously, you know, without the spears chasing your dinner down the street, but it's all about the most nutrient dense food, which has the least impact or negative impact on our body. So really it's all about gene expression. So we eat the tip top food to express our good genes and down regulate the genes that can cause illness and poor health if that runs in the family.
0: How, how, how much of that um, is in the family? I mean I hear a lot of uh, things that people say oh I, you know I've got this condition oh my mum had it so I expect it type of thing. I mean how, how much of that actually is myth and how much is fact?
1: oh no it's quite true it's quite true but you what you what you eat um how you exercise and how you live can influence whether you uh end up with that illness or not so you know you can change your genes in the sense you can express them depending on the the nutrient density and the goodness that you give your genes you can down you, you can minimize the risk of suffering with that illness yourself, if you do the right thing.
0: Okay, so what I think I'm hearing you say is, yes, you, you may be at risk. However, the choice is yours as to whether you continue that pattern, because it could have been the way your parents, your ancestors were living, eating, working at the time, the environment, et cetera. And so we can change our genes and it is basically our genes are in our hands, so to speak. 100%, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can do your, you can only do your best though. I mean, you know, it, it, you may be really unlucky and no matter what you do, you're going to end up with that, but you
0: can influence the way you want it to go. So starting from basics, what, what, what can people do? I mean, how, 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 how do they know if they've got the genes? Well, they can actually do a DNA analysis
1: for a start, but that's quite a, um, a big thing. But you could do, um, look back at your family history for a start, you know, ask your parents about grandmas, about aunts and uncles and things like that.
0: Otherwise, you can do a DNA analysis. Okay, and of course, just just how your body is, you know, just observing your body, which a lot of people don't do. We just kind of push through every day, don't we? And we don't necessarily look and listen to our body, what it needs, what it's asking for.
1: No, no, we definitely don't. And, and we are influenced by um you, you know like the national dietary guidelines as well, which sadly are quite skewed as to how we should actually be eating. And people think they're doing the right thing, but unfortunately they're not. And and that's That's what I found myself when I was younger. I was low fat. I was counting calories. I was low calorie, low fat, eating all the foods that were recommended. But I wasn't very well. And I didn't realise that until about 40 years later.
0: (laughs) So so tell us about your story, Lizzie. How did you become a a primal health coach? You've you've touched on it now by um, a lot of people that I interview um, end up being a therapist in the thing that helped cure them from the thing that they were suffering with. So, what, what what's your story? Take us through. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly
1: the same. I was always into health and fitness from a young child. As a young woman, I'd be on my static bike in my bedroom, cycling frantically away to Top of the Pops, and um, fitness was my thing. And but I'd also suffered from quite a young age with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And um, so I, I continued with that bouts of irritable bowel syndrome all the way through my adulthood. And, um, but I loved exercise so much. I actually became a fitness instructor as well. So I really believed I was doing everything right. I really believed I knew how to look after my body. Um, but unfortunately, the, the impact of the excessive exercise Plus the poor diet, which I was following as recommended, you know, I was really, really suffering. So I was poorly with numerous colds as well. I would get about four colds each and every year. I'd be bogged down with that. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Why am I so ill when I'm so when I should be so healthy? Anyway, so time went by and um, I was in working in Stirling in Scotland at the time. And I remember it distinctly because I was walking through Sterling. Um, it was sunny but frosty, and I was in the shadow of Sterling Castle and it's beautiful. And I was listening to a podcast, and they just simply said, everything that we know about weight loss and health is wrong. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? So I did my own research, and lo and behold, everything I had been doing for 40 plus years was completely wrong, but it made perfect sense. It made perfect sense. And I thought, well, thank goodness I know now because now I can do something about it. And I have not suffered with um, IBS ever since. I have had a couple of colds, but they were self induced because I gorged on loads of sweets and loads of rubbish. And my immune system was low, and bang, I caught a cold. So I refrain from gorging on sweets and rubbish now because I don't want a cold. I hate them. But yeah, I've been and I've been able to manage my weight effortlessly since as well. And that for me was a godsend because I was always in and out of that gym. I was body conscious. So to suddenly be able to maintain, manage my weight effortlessly was lovely.
0: Um, when people come to you and they say, oh, yes, I think I'm um, eating OK. And of course, you, you review what they're eating and shock horror. Um, you find that they' you know they're not so how do you transition them from the healthy diet that they think they're eating to what they ought to be eating? I know and it's a real shame for people because like I said people really
1: believe they're doing the best for themselves. So um, I take them through um, an, an initially a 21 day period of time where, I mean, there are things that that, that do have to go. And it's all about educating. I like to educate people. And I don't mean that in a patronising way. But really, if they know why they shouldn't be consuming something and forget about weight, this is about health. If they know why they shouldn't be eating something, they're less likely to eat it. So um, the 21 day program or or period is, is really just to educate and get them used to reading food labels, get them um, to understand the food groups that we should be consuming from. And it's just a case of slowly taking out the major culprits right from the start. So that's the refined process oil, such as sunflower oil, Um, Obviously sugar, we know we shouldn't be eating sugar. That's a no brainer. So it's about minimizing, bringing that down and avoiding artificial sweeteners as well because they can do a fair amount of damage physically and mentally. And also the last one is the refined grains. And this is where people get unstuck because they say, oh, I don't eat pasta, I don't eat rice. And then they tell me they have oats for breakfast and I'm like, ah, okay well sorry to burst your bubble you know but oats are grains as well and regardless of any weight um, problems you know uh, managing weight it's the health the implications on our health because grains contain a number of toxins which directly impact um, and damage our gut health and that's the problem because our the core of our wellness starts in the gut and if that's a bit of a mess if it's um disturbed um disrupted or damaged then that's going to impact health in so many other ways so that 21 day period is like just a period of elimination slowly eliminating some people like to jump in and that's fine i can run with that as well can help them but other people just take it nice and slowly until at the end of that period all those made those three major culprits are out of their diet and they feel they, they feel miraculous benefits as well. Less bloating, um, certainly less hunger, less cravings as well. So they feel fantastic in just 21 days. Remind us what those three groups are? Yes, the refined, the processed oils, such as sunflower oil, the refined processed sugars, sweets, cakes, biscuits, and also the refined grains, the processed grains, which are wheat, rye, barley,
0: oats and rice, they're the major five. And and what about um, the impact of organic? Could people eat these if they're organic? They still have, they
1: still have the, the lectins which can cause gut bug disruption and also gut damage because the lectins are in the grain they're built in lectins are in most vegetables because it's the vegetable and of course grains come from a plant it's the plant's own defense mechanism so you know the plant doesn't want to be eaten so it will give you a warning so if you don't eat them again animals learn this process but we don't we keep on eating it and eating it and eating it and we just believe that the bloating and the discomfort we feel is a byproduct of life and it isn't we shouldn't be bloated and and in pain digestive discomfort no but when when you start looking at it 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 tends to be predominantly the grains and then
0: different vegetables after that okay so you've got Um, you've got a a problem whether it's organic that you're eating or or not basically just just avoid them
1: yes yes absolutely so yeah sadly so
0: so what do people replace them with
1: good quality vegetables um, preferably the ones that are grown above the ground because these are the low starchy kind the green the colorful um, and they're less starchy. There's nothing wrong with the starchy tubers, the ones that are grown in the ground, but they're very um, dense in carbohydrate. And if you are trying to manage your weight effortlessly, then the uh, the starchy tubers, like the potato, the sweets, um, they can be quite high. In, well, they are quite high in carb. So um they can raise your blood sugar as well and that's a big problem these days as well. So the green and colourful low starchy ones, the ones that grow above the ground, are predominantly the ones that you should pile on your plate and enjoy if you can tolerate them because of course some plants like nightshades, peppers, uh, potatoes as well, they contain higher um, percentages of particular lectins which can become
0: troublesome as well. It um, sounds like a minefield out there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I have the same thing when I guide people on my, um, my VIP health, health mentoring program, the same thing. People complete a questionnaire, a metabolic analysis, and I ask them for all kinds of information, blood sugar, pH levels, all kinds of information, as well as the diet and the lifestyle stuff. And um, time and time again, I look at it, and I'm, I'm horrified, because people have said, oh, yes, I'm healthy. You know, they're eating... You know like chicken pies and and um steak and chips and you know so on and so forth but that was the kind of food that i mean i was brought up on you know we, we talk about it being the, you know standard british fare. you know shepherd's pie roast dinners and all the rest of it but there are variations of that that you can still enjoy so how do you guide people to 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 make those you know better choices where they don't feel like they're they're doing without how do you do yeah, it yeah.
1: Yeah, it's quite easy, really. I mean, the, an alternative is never the same, but it it all depends on what you want at the end of the day as to whether you, uh, you know, you accept that change or not. So, for example, spaghetti can be replaced by spiralized courgette or spiralized squash. So that's doable. Um, the pasta shapes could be replaced by some crunchy vegetable because, I mean, at the end of the day, the pasta is only the carrier of the lovely, tasty, flavors and sauce you put on it. Mm-hmm. So you can use other veggies as pasta shapes. Um, lasagna, you can actually use sheets of um, pre-cooked aubergine and courgette. And I say pre-cooked because it's quite watery. And if you try and make it raw, it will leach a lot of water into the dish. Um, shepherd's pie cottage pie you can use mashed cauliflower and you can put cream in there and cheese and and garlic and herbs and you know it can be quite flavoursome Um, cauliflower rice or um, yeah cauliflower rice or broccoli rice in place of rice but and this is where I say is it the same as rice no but it depends what you want at the end of the day And if you suffer with pain and digestive discomfort,
0: then it's a really good alternative. Brilliant. So it's a a case of um, suck it and see really, isn't it? Have a go and, and, and see what suits you, what doesn't suit you, but listen to your body along the way. Yes, yes. And people do
1: forget to listen, but also question why. Why am I feeling like this after I've eaten that? You know, and then the next day, okay, I'm feeling like that again. Why? What have I eaten? Oh, it could be this. Why not take that food out of my diet for three, four days um, and see what happens? Sometimes it can take maybe two or three weeks if they really believe like tomatoes, for example. they, They can be really troublesome for some people. So take tomatoes out. But but just because you take them out for a day or two and nothing changes doesn't mean it isn't that tomato. It means it might take two or three weeks for your body to um, adjust to that. So there is a lot of trial and and error, taking things out, waiting for a, a decent period of time until you bring that food back in again. But those three culprits that I mentioned, the oil, sugars and grains, if you take those out as best you can for a long period of time fantastic things can happen with just those three alone and if you've still got a little bit of jip then you can start digging a little bit deeper
0: what's your view on fruit you've mentioned vegetables but where where do you stand on fruit because fruit's got lots of sugar in doesn't it i know it's different but explain for the listeners what the difference is
1: yeah, so the the um, fruit has fructose in it, as we all know. Some fruits have much higher um, contents of fructose. So I try to persuade my clients to enjoy berries of all kind, but watch the tropical fruits like bananas, pineapple and things like that because they do have a lot of fructose and if you're consuming a lot of fructose daily and I'll go back to the primal way of eating here we didn't have fruit 247 every day of the year like we do now it was seasonal so it was okay to load up on the fruit when it was in season because and it's the same with the starchy veggies down the grown down in the ground as well. Again you can load up on the starchy veggies if it's seasonal But we have that all year round. So going back to the fruit, lots of fructose in your diet can be really troublesome for blood sugar causing the blood sugar spike. But also it's the way it's metabolised in the body by the liver and it can cause something known as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease due to the intense intake of fructose. So, and plus the fruits, especially those sweet tropical fruits, they can drive the cravings as well, which are really hard to ignore sometimes.
0: Mm, absolutely. Do you do any testing in your in your programs? Uh, blood testing, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any you know, gut testing or, or anything that, that you put in or is it basically observing the body and, and taking the history?
1: Yeah. Observing the body. I do have a program which includes a gut purification program. So that's uh, 21 days of supplementing with vitamins and minerals, probiotics, prebiotics and uh, different fibres, inulin to feed the gut bugs and try to help um, the gut health there. So I have that in one separate program. But the first 21 days I, I like to use to get people used to a new way of eating new kinds of foods get into the practice into the habit of not consuming biscuits and crisps and things like that and then we can go further if
0: they choose to do so what type of snacks would you recommend clients change to you mentioned sweets and biscuits which again you know some of us were well I'm, I'm a lot older than you I wasn't brought up with that we we didn't have sweets and biscuits in those days we have some very basic things um so what 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 is the suggestion to change uh, the habits
1: yeah um, snacking on things like um, meats and cheeses again dairy may be troublesome for some people but if it can be tolerated cheese maybe yogurt and some berries is a great one with some maybe toasted nuts and seeds on top that's a nice little snack Um, but little you can make little sausages or little meatballs to have the snacks eggs are fab for that avocados brilliant and really anything with um, a combination of fat and protein because those are the two nutrients that keep you fuller for longer and so ideally your main meals should be loaded up with um, protein as much protein well like a chicken breast size you know a good portion of protein portion of fat and some veggies for vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, but also the fiber, because the fiber will help to keep you fuller for longer as well. So if you feel that you need to snack in between, then choosing cold meats or some little homemade sausages, maybe just mints, that's fabulous, dairy, as I said, eggs, avocado, fish, tinned fish is fine if it's not in one of those processed oils, that's good as well, a few nuts and seeds, so there is quite a long list of snacks that you can have. It's learning to replace that sweet flavour with something not so sweet that isn't going to raise your
0: blood sugar and drive those cravings as well. I remember years ago, well, over 20 years ago, I was born with a kidney disease. I was I was um, I was a competitive swimmer and um my kidney well but they didn't know it was kidney disease I got all kinds of misdiagnosis um, and they were thinking because I was training twice a day it was the chlorine in the water and um, I used to get regular water work infections or projectile vomiting anyway long story short we actually was 40 over 40 years ago now I got a diagnosis and it's a very rare kidney disease and um, I was told that I wouldn't be able to fix it um, it was uh, incurable, I'd be on antibiotics for life, and I was on them for 23 years, and then in my mid-40s, I was introduced to a chiropractor and a nutritionist, so over over 20 years now, I've been living well, more, more like 25 years, I've been living in a way that suits me, with all the, the good things that you're talking about, um, obviously twigged to my own version, um, so I think it's normal now, but I forget the, the the time it's taken for me to get to that point so when as you say I think it's a great idea what you're doing with the 21 day transition to gradually help people to 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 change over maybe some will deep dive immediately and grasp it but others will take a while to adjust maybe food group by food group I think that's it. that's a really good idea so, so how do people get hold of you Lizzie where do they find you I'm on
1: Facebook, um, Elizabeth Davidson, but also I have a group which people might find useful. And it's called Feeling Fantastic with Food, um, with an after um, note to say, bust the arse of bloating, IBS, and autoimmune. Um, So that's Facebook. And then my website is waha.guru. So waha is weight and health advisor,
0: but it's w-a-h-a.guru. That's my website. Lovely. And any final tips for, for people starting on this journey?
1: Just give yourself time and patience because you're never going to get it all sorted out in just a few days. It takes time to change and we it takes about 21 days to form new habits. So just give yourself time, take it slowly. Keep a food journal. That's really useful because then you can start to um, recognize triggers as well you know what is triggering certain aches and pains or discomfort in your digestive system
0: brilliant so lizzie davidson waha waha.guru w-a-h-a.guru thank you very much yeah, for your time this morning i'm sure the listeners have appreciated your guidance thank you oh, i loved it thank you